PUBG was the best worst battle royale ever played. It looked like garbage and it ran like hot garbage, but it was fun garbage to play with. It's so much fun. I I, I hate. The I wouldn't play. I wouldn't play with garbage personally. The vehicles are unmatched Don't. in my opinion. Yeah, what just, do you mean unmatched? Yeah, they blow up. Yeah, exactly. Flipping randomly, exploding, <laughs> just like hitting the tiniest little curb, and you're like in pachinki. You're gone. All of a sudden. I love like, that. Yeah, it's I the love best. That. And we're live with five people. Let's go. So, start with the yeah. I'm Carson at C underscore Giles the Z on Twitter. Um, Robert. Twitch.tv slash ushocks right above me. Uh, I'm Leo, or General Dumplin1. Should say it. Yeah, very nice. I'm Josh, Sandy Pickle. I've been, I've been here before, but took a little break for some family. But back now. And I'm Joshua Faster, just stepping in as a guest today. Yeah, we got two Joshes on the scene. It's going to get hectic. I'm, I'm oh, Boomer Josh. Me. I'm older. Boomer Josh? Maybe that's Boomer what I should <laughs> call you. <laughs> so, Boomer Boomer Josh, what's your opinion on like? <laughs> we're just gonna go. With that. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do we got this week? So, a lot. Starting off, you notice our special guest, other Josh or faster. Uh, yep. Josh, you want to give a little bit of information about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I'm the one of the general managers of esports here at CU. I work alongside uh, Mikey G, and then um, Liam Renoops um, in overseeing the competitive teams, the trial process, basically everything that you'll see on the esports side of the organization. Um, and then outside of CU, I coach over at uh, Rough Riders, a youth esports organization in Superior. Um, and then I do a couple other things um, outside of that as well. Great. So how long have you been with, the, with CU Gaming at that point then? Yeah, so um, I believe it was back in uh june or july of last summer is when i stepped into the organization really put myself out there networking with the staff um, getting to understand the structure of the organization and then i from there pursued a role um, in the org i believe i started out um i don't know what i started out as i think i was put into the gm role pretty quickly um, it was kind of a new role when when i obtained it so they made it kind of special just for me and Liam coming into the organization. Um, and then I've been, uh, you know, competing over the course of the last two semesters as well. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely well, up. Let <laughs> <laughs> us say something. I was about to say, like, rise up gamers, but that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, Josh he's, for a, being, oh, he's a formidable first. captain, I must say. Very nice. You know, I thought with five people we'd be talking over each other, but like right now I'm trying to fill space, so we got to bring the energy up here. <laughs> okay. We got to hype well, them up with some news or something. Carson, I know you got something for us. What do we so got? We got, got more month? charity stream news. Again, our charity stream, 24 hour charity stream is going to be on June 20th. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have more information about what's going to be on the stream and who's going to be on the stream, but our biggest announcement so far is we're partnering with Help Colorado Now which is the COVID relief fund for Colorado and all donations, proceeds, everything that we have that we earn from the charity stream will go directly to this relief fund. Hell Most yeah. Yeah. So you can find information about donating and volunteering at helpcoloradonow.org. And again, 
charity streams can be on the 20th. It's on Twitch, this channel right here, or twitch.tv slash gaming. And again, we're partnering with Help Crawl It Out. And we'll definitely have a lot more updates coming in the next few weeks about just our general content for the stream. Yeah, we've got a lot of content. We've got a lot of incentives for you guys pitching in for the cause. And yeah, 24 hours. I, I think like four out of... 24 hours? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> four out of five of us here stream, I think, right? So have, what, yeah, what's yeah. the longest you guys have streamed? Because 24 hours. I don't, I've I feel like pretty 13, 13. I feel like 13 I've done. 13. 13. Yeah, wow. Longest I've done was seven and a half hours. Mine's eight. I, I did three I, and I felt exhausted. Three? <laughs> I've definitely done eight on, on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. It's taxing. It's taxing. Seven and a half fucking... I, I don't know. I can't explain. You did how many? How many did you do? Thirteen. Jesus. That's just, that's just the prediction. I mean... Yeah. I was like crawling... It's really no different than a normal gaming session, in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. True. Yeah. But it's like... I don't even know. Like... At least sometimes in that 13 hours, you can just sit back or like go walk away, but like 13 hours Josh, of streaming. Josh, what have you been playing lately? Um, it's a good question. I've been uh, kind of on the apex grind, you know, with season five. I know you guys covered that a little bit last, last, last episode. Uh, oh, yeah, so. the new character Lobo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's pretty strong. We yeah. covered the lore a little bit, but. I get there was some hit reg issues with the season five update, right? Yeah, so uh, pretty recently they released a, a patch solving most of those hit registration problems. Um, I think you'll see them every now and then, but before you were seeing them like five to ten times a game, pretty consistently. Her thighs are kind of not. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh had to get that one off his chest. I'm glad someone said it. I'm glad someone said it. I was going. I, I, I wanted know. to, but I. Had I find her fun. That. In a way, but also at the same time, she's she's kind of underwhelming. Not her voice lines are pretty sassy. Oh, her voice lines are great. Pretty yeah, we talked about that. Some of them are just brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talked about like some of them between uh, Revenant and Loba, and how Revenant is the edgiest dude ever. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But like her ability, it's like okay. I mean, I think it's pretty fun to use it. Her, her ult is though. like. Her ult is whatever. It's just it's like, like a it's pretty good. It's I like mean, any weapon, right? It's literally less walk. It depends on your <laughs> on your uh, kind of how you play the game, but you can use the 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 ult towers, like the charging towers, and pretty effectively use the ultimate like early game to get information on what loot's yeah, nearby. Yeah, like early game. Um, I think like I think they should ma make sure that uh, the passive and the ultimate shouldn't be the same range. Like I definitely think the ultimate should be like slightly bigger. They just make it feel a bit more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm definitely a little out of tune with Apex, but I, like I don't know, just a scenario I thought of is like, would it be helpful like late game, like if you needed meds or something to pop her old late game in like late so game? Like, could you, you, like, you, can, you just kind of loot all the meds. You typically use the ultimate late game to armor swap or to you know get like some extra shield batteries or meds, like kind of like you I mentioned. I get that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you does it work on the loot crates or is it just floor? Yeah. It it works on on body on like body crates. Gotcha. Oh damn. Yeah. Know, so you could be like in a sniper position and just kind of get the yeah. armor. Yeah. Yeah. You could just grab some like really good armor that's nearby instead of cycling through like ten bodies. Honestly, PUBG is number one battle royale. They wait. They are. Uh, <laughs> uh, PUBG was the best worst battle royale I ever played. 
it looked like garbage and it ran like hot garbage, but it was fun garbage to play with. It's so much fun. I I, I hate the I wouldn't play. I wouldn't play with garbage personally. The vehicles are unmatched Don't. in my opinion. Yeah, what just, do you mean unmatched? Yeah, they blow up. Yeah, exactly. Flipping randomly, exploding, <laughs> just like hitting the tiniest little curb, and you're like in pachinki. You're gone. All of a sudden, I love like, that. Yeah, it's I the love best. That. Wait, but uh, did you guys? Uh, did you guys hear about the the ranked mode coming to PUBG? No way. Yeah, no, it's on. Yet? Oh, really? They don't. It's on <laughs> on the Steam news. I I saw it this morning. It was at the dev letter. It was talking about ranked mode. I'm wow, so okay. Game. I can't go. Yeah, let me that see. I've never see played PUBG. So here's the. Are you serious? All right, I played it got... once, and it was in a LAN cafe, and Ew. I just. Yeah, I, well, it, it was great computers. <laughs> like, it was because the game it. was free when I went to the when I went to play it. The uh, ones in LA are gross. Oh really? Oh. Man, Very if nice. Apex is what you've been playing, PUBG must like feel like the slowest it, battle yeah, royale in the world. <laughs> I don't know. Apex is pretty slow. Like when you get to the higher ranks, what? because oh. uh, everybody plays ring, and then nobody. Like the way that the game works is, you can basically just dive into the ring at the last second, and like ten squads will do that, and it's just chaos. That's oh, oh I see what you mean. I just meant like character movement, like full sprint and uh, yeah. character movement is like. Well, I when I got back to CS:GO faster. after playing like eight hours of Apex, I like I'm like, why am I so slow? I'm holding sprint. Like yeah, I'm holding my sprint feeling. key and it makes me walk, <laughs> so I'm like even slower when I when I go to switch. Oh, uh, dude, game pacing is so different. Like PUBG, you never know where you're getting shot from. You never, you might not see anybody for thirty minutes, and then you yeah. just die. Yeah. Oh, Josh. Speaking of that, um, uh, I find it. I always take pride in the fact that like switching mechanics between games, like I have that locked down. I never, oh, I never jumble up my keys. Never really? jumble up. I feel like I'm unlearning. If I play a day of like Modern Warfare and then go to try and play Valorant or anything else, like I feel like I'm unlearning. And then I come back and I'm like, teach me what WASD means. I think like <laughs> Valorant and CS, even though they're more similar than other things, are the ones that like I get most mixed up with because they're like such tiny different. Fair, yeah. yeah. That's well, interesting with though with the, the sorry with the PUBG ranks because they just added bots too. To yeah, bots. I was just actually about to mention um, the the no, ranking. Wait. The ranking goes, it's just like um, Siege, in a way. Uh, it goes bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, and then instead of champion, it's master. Wait, so did they add, they added like AI to like mm -hmm. uh, unranked or like to ranked Fortnite? as well? I'm not yeah, too Fortnite. sure about ranked, as it doesn't say. Sounds like Ring of Elysium. Yeah, it's Fortnite, very similar. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's when really you have like a game full of bots, it feels dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's too easy. Because <laughs> no one's just inting. Fortnite is so sweaty. Uh, no bots, no bots. There's no bots and there's no red zone. I think Fortnite is the sweatiest of the VR. Fortnite's untouchable right now. If you didn't, I, I, if you stopped at all, I don't think you can get back in. I yeah. can't. It's impossible. Like, I cannot build to save my life. Literally. I'll, like, snipe a kid and then, you know, I'll clip him or some shit. Not, not, like, kill him. And then he'll build a whole tower and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I just turn around and I leave. I don't want to play. <laughs> I built on you, you just go AFK right there and there. <laughs> yeah, I think I like launch like Fortnite like once every three months just to like, like apparently Dude. go to a Travis Scott concert or like whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I almost went that. But it's like, pretty nice. Epic Games and Fortnite constantly have updates, which is why I stopped opening it. True. And yeah. the updates take forever. <laughs> Epic Games needs to fix their. Oh my god, COD updates are ridiculous. Oh, yikes.
It's a whole thing. It's like here. Yeah, it's another game. It's like a game over and over again that they keep on. Oh, well, yeah, so we're going to all get shuffled right now. Hopefully he comes back. And like I said, there you go. Same spot. I told you it happened. Perfect. It just made me huge, and I was like everybody for a second. That's awesome. On stream, it looks like Sandy Pickles or Josh's little camera box thing, whatever, was just a picture, I think, of Faster's bed. <laughs> Josh, you know what that means. Do I? <laughs> um, I don't know. Should we move on? Talk about the COVID. We should. COVID yes, update. That's a pretty big thing. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. What do you guys like? What do you? How you guys? I, I guess suppose I'll just explain it again for those that don't know. Or just so we're yeah, let's just the same explain page. it and then we'll just go around. I think that's our best way to take it down. Yeah, so I guess just overall, the most important takeaways are classes resume August 24th. 24th? What oh. what, what number did I just make oh. up? I, August 24th. <laughs> um, in person, besides like large lectures and like some exceptions will be continue to be remote. And then uh, like obviously there's a lot of policies like guidelines, students and faculty have to wear masks, that kind of stuff. They're doing uh, like order ahead for the food, which... That's a whole nother point. Ordering UMC attendees ahead. Um, and then after fall break, it goes remote. So you don't come back from Thanksgiving break. You finish the class and I guess, I mean, I mean what? It'll be like a week of class and then finals remotely. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm only in like half of my classes I've signed up for. Mm-hmm. Other two are on like- What do you mean? Class, so like you're in waitlist? Kind of yeah, dude. Kind of sick. Are you on yeah. waitlist? I don't yeah. know. Personally, I, I'm. I feel art. like less people would be here. I'll be honest. Dude, <laughs> art, I'm an art major. Art classes fill up so quick. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine know. you have a lot of studio classes, then, right? Yeah. So last semester, I took two studio classes. I'm going to take another two studio classes. But there's always only like one meeting time with 18 spots. Hmm. What happened to those uh, when they went uh, remotely? How like when we so, went remote? I took an intermediate drawing class with a professor that was like very. Um, not integrating, he's more like he wants you to enjoy the process sort of thing. So he was just like, turn in your portfolio um, by this point. If you need an extension past like the actual finals deadline, he's like, just tell me. And like, I'm still doing that extension right now. Um, I'm supposed to turn in my portfolio tomorrow. I just finished yeah. my May master class. <laughs> I'm about to finish mine. Too. Yeah. And like my grade is already in. He just wants to see my work at the end of it. That's but, nice. Um, yeah. And then my other one, which is a digital art class, it was really strict because like you had to be on top of everything. And she, if anything, it felt like she added more work. So <laughs> that kind of blew. But she's like, digital classes, more digital work. Exactly. It actually sucks so bad. But um, it's been in on the class. Like if the professor is not into that stuff, he'll just have you send an email of like high quality photos of your work, or like if it's a digital class, everything's already online. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, it, it's those classes are already pretty laid back. I just have to stay motivated. Fair enough. I think that's uh, well, something we'll see with the fall, like the classes. Like I think when we rem- remote, it was just like professors were scrambling to just like make yeah, it work. Yeah. But I think with the fall, well, it'll be much more prepared for the sections that are online and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the the, the my professors, at least for uh, last semester. 
you know, they weren't very tech savvy. Like my my, geo- uh, my geology professor, he had no idea what he was doing. My geography, sorry, not geography. Um, he had no idea what he was doing with Canvas. And then he had to do everything online, so he was just lost. But and then other professors are just not are good at it. So I don't know. It's just it kind of varies with each one. It my Greek sucks. literature class, absolute boomer. No idea what he was doing. I like passed the. I I turned it to pass fail. Thank God, because I passed it by like. 0.8%. Oh my god. But, um, he had no idea what he was doing on online, so it was kind of a mess. Yeah. Well, were, you, were y'all's expectations uh, met, like, with the with the fall announcement, or were you kind of expecting kind more of, or less? I was kind of expecting that. I was I expecting, actually, like, a hybrid. I was switching I hybrid, almost, honestly. Yeah. I almost it's, didn't expect us to go back for the first semester. Well, okay, Not so crying. what's the difference between what we have and a hybrid? Are they sim- Are they the same, or...? Hybrid would be large classes were entirely online, small classes would be normal. Is that not the case? No. I don't know. I didn't I read the that, no. it's like, I thought there were too many words. There are too many words. I was not going to say it. I they, mean, say flex, they say flex too much. But I, didn't, yeah. I, I, got, I got lost. I like the announcements when they don't provide any information. They just send you like infographics and Venn diagrams. <laughs> Here's our goals and our plans. <laughs> Look at the pretty picture. Mm-hmm. I look at it on the yeah. level of like, like, do I move into an apartment to go from August to like October, and then I won't be in a physical classroom from the end of November until like the middle January. of January when we start spring. Yeah. So it's like, what lease am I signing? Like, where? What yeah. do I stay home? What I'm worried about? Oh yeah, the housing stuff is that's the part that I'm struggling a lot with, especially because you know out of state, it just makes it way more difficult. But um, the thing I'm worried about like. How is studying abroad going to work? I don't like, think it's, it's, it's going to work. I want sure. to study abroad, but like, I don't even know if I should I, start the process now. I don't think it's, I don't I don't think think it's going. Yeah, I know is semester at sea, like that, those programs, I know those are canceled for the fall. How about yeah, uh, I was, I was studying abroad online. Are, I was yeah. planning to study abroad for second semester, but I still didn't even know if we could make it to that yet. Yeah. Honestly, I would wait till like next fall and then maybe. My senior year. Uh, that's not too bad. You can just not go. That's uh, that's <laughs> not go. Carson. Yeah, we we need you for CS. Come on, hmm. Carson. You're currently oh, you're a junior, right? right? <laughs> Are you going? No, I'm. Your... I'm, a, I'm a sophomore, uh, and oh. I'm out of state. So if it. So if... am I. The, am I the only one going into my senior year then? I'm going oh no! To I'm a junior. junior. I'm a I'm junior. Going to junior. So we're go- Robert's gonna be a senior. Yeah, I'll be a senior. That's Robert is senior. <laughs> Dude, like, what? I thought Robert was a freshman. F <laughs> in the chat. Oh really? I wish he was a freshman. I thought Robert was a junior. Like, I thought he was. Baby face, man. <laughs> baby face. Because you just came in to the staff team, so I figured you were fresh, mm-hmm. fresh meat. Yeah. Hey, you joined last summer. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I am a freshman. Oh wait! Yes, I, was. I thought you were. Oh whatever, dude. I thought wait, you were wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I'm wait. older than all out of whack. It's crazy. Yeah. My brain hurty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all right. Well, uh, yeah. We well, let's the, continue. Yeah, I think we covered it. I think we'll figure it out. Everyone will make their own decisions. Um, I think esports is getting a huge push from this. We got mentioned. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't. It was a. It's better than nothing at this point. Got like an indirect mention. It's I think odd. at the end of the day, it's gonna it's gonna affect us negatively, just like it affects a lot of other organizations on campus. 
Um, it'll affect like recruitment, you know, incoming students knowing about our organization, our potential to run big events like we've done in the past. Um, but it's definitely going to have positives that other orgs or other aspects of the CU community aren't going to get. So it's kind of a balancing act. It's true. I'm definitely going to miss. I, I love all the CU gaming events. I always I've been to every, like whenever I've been here, I've been to one. So I'm going to miss those a lot. Because, you know, those are very enjoyable. But I definitely think CU Gaming has the potential to use this and maybe not grow as much as we did, but we can still function compared to other uh, like clubs and organizations. Like do, we have any, do we have any new like CU Gaming stats? Like, do we have more people in our Discord now? I haven't gone to the definitely do. In a I think Carson a lot of people, on that. Yeah, a lot of people come from Reddit. We, should, we're prob we will probably have a... Reddit push. Oh, we got a new Forest. introduction today, actually. We always we always have a few introductions every day or so. But I, I, yeah. I found about the club on r slash c boulder. I know a lot of other people did. Yeah, I think the subreddit's a very good place for people. Do people to find go this. on that subreddit a lot? I actually do not go on there. We have a subreddit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I just made one. We gotta get it up and running. But um, the college itself, r slash c boulder, has one, and it's got it. It's got definitely its own niche, like community inside jokes. The yeah. whole buff bus bad thing. Buff bus you guys bad. Are with yeah, that? Hey, buff I bus kind bad. of enjoy the buff bus. No, <laughs> don't, don't go on Reddit. It's bad, but it's also essential at the same time. Somehow, it's unavoidable. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. People are kind of on here a lot. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I, think, I think the last thing in regards to uh, kind of the COVID update and the announcement is going to be. What are the regulations for in-person meetings and events? Because I, I didn't, you know, I didn't read through the whole thing, and I don't know what information is out there. But I know from the esports side of the org, we're going to be looking to just grow the team environments and, and focus more on getting smaller groups of people together, um, especially within their competitive teams or within the, the game individual game communities that we have here in the org. Um, but I don't know what what stuff is limited for like larger events. I hope Cosmos is going to. Is gonna do well. I'm sure they're <laughs> fine. They're fine. Dude, that's like an essential get, they meeting have a, place. They have a full delivery service. Like that's an essential meeting place for new groups and teams. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's we never true. went to Cosmos. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Shall we talk about video games now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start that's with uh, let's start with Crucible, shall we? Oh, uh, yeah. Who's played Crucible here so far? Because I haven't. I didn't even know that was a thing. I haven't. It. Does you launching it? it count? Like I played it on release. How is it? Give us your first impressions. Go. Um, I don't know. So the game itself definitely like feels new. It feels kind of like it's in beta. Um, it was definitely not as like hyped for release as a, a lot of other games. I think it's kind of hard being a new game. Right, is like Valorant's releasing. It just like there's just there was no attention to it, and obviously they paid some like streamers to stream it. But I don't think it really the viewership was pretty low. Uh, but the game I, itself, I didn't even know it was a game. Yeah, it's a lot of people don't know about its release. Um, so for background, it's a game released by Amazon. It's their new like gaming development organization um, that they have. And uh, it's, it's got like three different game modes. There's a two-person like battle royale mode where you drop in out of like this egg ship. 
which is like what all the game modes have. It's like an egg-shaped ship, uh, which is pretty funny. So there's a battle royale with like a normal ring and tons of uh, normal stuff going on with the rest of the game modes. Um, and then there's a game mode called like Heart, Heart of the Hives, where you have to kill these like giant hives and then capture the hearts. The um, and the first person to capture like three hearts wins. It's kind of sick. I, f I feel like it's pretty unique. I haven't played like a lot of Overwatch or a lot of other hero shooters or like Paladins. Um, I just saw that it's free to play. I guess this is supposed to. I mean, people are saying like it has potential to be a good free to play game. I guess it's supposed to be sort of a TF2. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's pretty similar to TF2 in terms of the feeling that I get when I play it. It's it's definitely like free to play. It's kind of it feels kind of casual. TF2's like uh, dumps right now, by the way. Really? Yeah, it's so bad. So many cheaters. It's servers are feel bad. Would you yeah. say that uh, Crucible is almost similar to like Battleborn and how it released? Um, I'm not too familiar with Battleborn. Battleborn wasn't that the one made by uh, Gearbox? Yeah, just, it was I like just know it that was the one. It was, it was like uh, basically it was like it wasn't it was like another Overwatch kind of game, right? It had its own unique elements, but since Overwatch was out, that was the game. Right, so it's yeah. just like I think it's kind of similar in the same case in a way, except it wasn't hyped up as much. I don't know, but Crucible people, is just getting had high expectations, yeah. or like they wanted to have high expectations because they made like Borderlands two right before that. That's true. Um, so like people wanted it to be a good game, but like it just yeah. wasn't good enough for it to like combat. Like, I mean, I I I don't feel like the the game doesn't feel like it's designed to be an esport. Like I'm sure that there are aspects of it that would make it a a like viable esport. But to me, it, it just feels like they were just pushing as hard as they could to make it different and feel different and play different than other games. Um, so yeah, I think the game modes are pretty unique. Uh, I mean, obviously the Battle Royale is pretty pretty basic, but it's just kind of a necessary thing at this day and age. Um, I feel like the it can't be an eSports. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I mean, like, no, yeah. whole, like, no voice chat, no mini-map. Like, I feel like That's it can't be an eSport without that. Crazy. Yeah, there's, there's definitely problems with there being no voice chat. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that the no voice, like a game comes out with no voice chat, like uh, like weeks or yeah. days after the whole Twitch safety advisory council and that whole controversy. But oh yeah, I, I didn't that, that's a pr that's okay. a prick that's a prickly subject. So uh, yeah, let's let's, let's we not just, get into we that. just won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do want to see more games into esports, even like ones like game modes that are unconventional. Like I know Battlefield like isn't really much of an esport type of game, but like I'd love to play that. In a competitive That'd be scene. so much fun. That'd Mordhau. be so much fun. Mordhau. I'm telling you, Mordhau team eventually. So, <laughs> the other night, um, my friend and I were playing Mordhau, like, after not playing for a while because the servers were dead. Um, and then, like, all of a sudden in game, like, I spot Leo in the chat. So no way. We just played, like, for the rest of the night, and it was a lot of fun. That's it was, awesome. it was, I, was doing really I killed him now. too. It was really bad. I yeah, saw him, and I just, like, chopped him, and I went after him. He's, like, looking at me. <laughs> oh. Mordhau's the one do they have like the revolutionary war mods like associated with that or is that Mountain Blade I'm thinking of that's I think it's Mountain Blade because Mordhau is just medieval fighting okay. it's all it. medieval fighting I think it was Mountain Blade then because like in like high school I was like totally involved in this like revolutionary war like clan Ooh, for Mountain, Mountain Blade, Blade? I was in like fun. team speak and we were literally like, like 64 people would line up <laughs> and there'd be one guy speaking and like it was organized battle I don't know it was that, that sounds amazing. amazing. It was an I said interesting this the phase. Night, but I was like, if Mordhau had like voice chat, it'd be pretty bad. But it'd be fun too. <laughs> I don't know. Terrible. I, 
I, I get like the dangers and like the toxicity yeah. and unfair elements, but I just want proximity chat and everything. I love proximity chat. Like especially when you like kill someone. I've never played a chat. game with proximity chat. Really? Like I, I never Roll. have. Oh, have you heard of a game yeah. called PUBG? Oh, yeah, PUBG. PUBG's got PUBG, H one Z one. Oh, if you could play those games in their prime with proximity Wait, chat. Wait, uh, does Rust proximity have proximity chat? chat? Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I was gonna say. Rust has proximity chat. The ones that have proximity chat have the best like funny clips. content. Yeah, yeah, so, the best clips of anything. Like, uh, COD doesn't really. It's not only really proximity chat, but like when you kill someone, they give you that like two like second window of hearing something from them, and it's why, usually why them just like raging. It's, like I, I don't think know. it's great, it's, but it's, it's amazing. But it's, it's like gotta why, be a what made them think like, all right, guys, we're gonna. Let everyone hear like, hear the rage coming from their enemies. The Mordhau community is pretty good. bad. The Mordhau yeah, community is pretty bad. Like, if you looked at the all chat, it's almost like on par with like, no, not League. It's, it's, just, it's just toxic. It's just toxic. No, I'd say League is better than that. Mordhau is pretty obscene. Like, really? you can say whatever you want and get away with it. Yeah. Well, you recently some, they started putting like some Zoom chat when You've got some non-PC people <laughs> in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. But whatever. I think voice chat, like, I find it so much fun, but I mean, there are obvious <clears throat> dangers to it. Exactly. Alrighty. Rust, though. Yeah. I think we should have, like, a Rust, a rust team, team, a Rust knight. A Rust clan? Rust How do you even do that? A Rust clan? Rust oh, I, think, I think Robert's going to want some Last Oasis if we're. I think that's, that's <laughs> all Clovis. Clovis can have all of that. That game. That's a great game, know. but it I can't it grew large. find new games. I can't. I haven't been able to find new games that are like that competitive for an eSport. I mean, uh, how do you mean? I, 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 I don't, don't know. think like, I could. Like any popular games that haven't like an eSport aspect or that are like viable for eSports that are like super competitive or they're just there's I, haven't I, been like a new wave of like genre, I guess, of games. Oh, I see. For eSports. That's yeah. fair. I, I mean, think that's partially what Chris will try to do. Yeah, you can go ahead, Josh. I think I think it would be pretty, you know, ch like challenging for the industry if there was a new genre popping up every year. Like, mm -hmm. you know, obviously we've had battle royales kind of blow up over that's maybe right. the past two years. I don't remember when Fortnite really popped off. End uh, of seventeen. Okay, yeah. So maybe like two to three years, kind of. It's been like battle royales and tactical shooters. Um, but I think if like a whole new genre was just coming in all the time, it'd be just overwhelming for people to pick what to play. Like personally, I, I play Rocket League, season. CS:GO, Apex, and Valorant, and I play all of them like ranked, like try hard, trying to get the highest rank I can, and that's like that's like impossible to do. Like just playing all four. Yeah, you're, you're oh. just inferior. You're just weak. <laughs> you're just. <laughs> you just can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, Master I don't have the none. I don't have the skill to just like get the high. I'm not like a shroud. I can't just like play any game and get oh, yeah. the top <laughs> rank, top 500. Yeah, League of Legends. I tried to grind that once. I, I'm never doing that. I can't stand that game. I like, tried too. It's just I play, I play League all the time. Don't get me wrong, but I, I cannot stand a rank experience. Yeah, I've I've never really played League, but I, you know, personally, when it comes to League, I'm I'm more fascinated by you. by the storylines. And like the content that comes out of the game, because you know, obviously, a lot of uh, esports organizations like kind of put all their attention to league, and so it, it looks like they they usually come out with great like story content or or like documentary content and that sort of stuff. Nice, fair enough. Josh, right. do you have two fans in your background? 
I, I, I don't, I might. I only see one. I see two, two towers, yeah. There are two towers back there, behind you, by your window. Oh, yeah. yeah. It gets hot in Texas. You're in Texas? Yeah. yeah dude, it's hot, dude. It's he like 100 degrees. All the time. Ever well, since you got, got, ever since like this semester. No, dude, I've always said it. I always say y'all. Yeah. He emphasizes it more. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Alright, shall we move yeah. to the next topic? Or, yeah, might uh, as well. Carson, do you have anything to add? Um, I don't know. Do you guys think that Amazon New Crucible is going to be a flop or thought it was a flop before it released? Because I saw nothing. I saw an article the week before it released and 30 seconds of gameplay, and that was it before it released. Do you think Incredible. Amazon, with being a literal monopoly, could have just made Characters... it popular? I think they could have. I, I think they could have done something. They just uh, didn't know what to do. Maybe. I, I mean, is this people have really high expectations for the game? Like, like unrealistically high expectations for the game. I mean, yeah. just because it's Amazon, like it sounds like they're pretty new to the industry. I don't see why they should like be able to create a powerhouse game just like out of nowhere. I feel like it needs some natural growth and development and yeah. and feedback Even if they actually. The best I don't think it's good. yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Carson. I think you know this, but they're just the publisher, and they oh yeah, they, the, the this game was developed by someone else. But if anything, I feel like Amazon should have invested. Like, I feel like they could have yeah. easily bought like a smaller end studio. Like, I don't know, like I, mm -hmm. I don't know a name off the top of my head, but I think that's kind of what it is. And then there's other like business standpoints where like I think the sponsored streams were like like I think I saw like Myth and Summit doing them like a day after. It's like there was no hype on the day. But so at the there was same a lot time, of issues with launch. Yeah, like it didn't launch on time. It And it launched, I don't even know when it launched, to be honest, because it was supposed to launch at noon. Mm -hmm. I think, what was it, like May something? Uh, yeah, maybe like a couple weeks week. ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it just like, apparently, I, as I've heard, Steam is the one who didn't release the game on time. Or like really? there were problems with the, uh, with the game because it was going through Steam for release. And then uh, they just didn't release it on time, and then people were getting frustrated with that. Another really interesting play, by the way, going to Steam. Steam definitely being probably the the best place, but mm -hmm. seeing as Amazon owns Twitch, to not put it on the Twitch launcher or even just oh, its yeah. own launcher, like that's a weird play. It's smart, no doubt. Like Steam is going to be the largest player base, but mm -hmm. it's weird. I think they, I think they were cautious in like if they made it like if they gave everybody at the top like a sponsored stream, they pushed it through Twitch Prime, they put ads. I think it would like maybe even flop more because people were like, "What is this game? Like they're just pushing this so hard. It just feels like a giant ad." Yeah. So I think they might have been playing it safe yeah. there. Epic Games has been pumping out free games. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. GTA. GTA is huge. That's crazy no, I, that they did the new, that. The new one is the new one is Civ Six. Yeah, yeah. Civ Six. Nice, is nice. And I turns out I might have an addiction to Civ Six now because I went to bed like at three o'clock. <laughs> I'm so bad at those games. I I I'm I'm awful. Apparently, I'm not playing correctly. But as someone that gets bored of games really easily and can't play games more than an hour at a time, I played for like six hours straight. That's, yeah, that's what civil will do to you. That's what civil will do to you. Oh my the worst God. part is I, both the games I have, or I've, I already have GTA on on Steam, and I already have Civ Six on Steam. It's like I just want, like I see all these cool games. I'm like I want a cool game. <laughs> but the way they're doing it right now is super exciting. Like previous to this, they were just doing like two free like mid to like mid tier to like just indie games like every two weeks, and it was like yeah. really hit or miss. Like 
one week it was like one week it was like an early Assassin's Creed or like, like yeah. Far Cry or Just Cause or something, and then like they've had some they've had some good. It's like really sort of, mixed, but yeah, yeah. I so mean, yeah, they're having like a big sale right now, and like every time you buy a game or something, you get like a ten dollar coupon. I got mm-hmm. I think I got Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Origins from that for like thirty bucks total. What? That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty addictive too. Like every ten you spend, you get another ten dollar coupon, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh man! I, I haven't I bought. I haven't bought a game in like five years. Really? Yeah. Cannot. Really I don't think. Well, I was in that place for a little while. Yeah. Because the last game that I bought is probably Rocket League, and that and that excludes like I've probably bought a couple things in between, but they probably weren't anything major. Like, yeah, I don't think I've really game. bought. Last game I bought was uh, Doom Eternal. <laughs> oh, you were yeah. talking about that for a while. Dude, I love it. I, ah, it's so good. Yeah, well, I've I got my, one. I've got my Epic library up. I, I haven't gotten all the games since it started up. So you got Civ Six, Kingdom Come Deliverance, For Honor, Subnautica. That was like the biggest one at the start. We got. Oh like, yeah, dude. People tell me they're just like, why GTA. would I get that if I'm never gonna play it? I'm like, I don't care. It's free. <laughs> just. Right. Dude, I don't have any that's, space. Uh, no, that's my, such a bad thing, dude. Like, I Rainbow, Rainbow Six is already on my external SSD. Like, there's so many <laughs> things I've done that with. Fallout, Witcher. Like, I'm like, oh my god, it's 75% off. $15 for this AAA title. I'll play yeah. it one day. No, it's never done. You haven't played Witcher three yet? But if I haven't, you have to. It's like I love that game. Okay. I know people talk way too much about it, but to call it a religious experience. <laughs> I would say it's it's that good. I'll get into Witcher Three if, like, if you can at least look at any gameplay of Detroit Become Human. I think Leo was in my stream when I was playing that. Oh that yeah, game, that, was that game hurt me on yeah, that game makes you every level sleep. possible, dude. Like I literally had trouble sleeping after the stream. But oh my, really? It's crazy. I didn't know, I didn't know it hurt you that bad. I remember well, when that game I'm, came I'm exaggerating out. a little bit, but it's definitely it, it's. And it doesn't help when you have friends in the chat too saying, "Ah, you chose the wrong thing. Ah, you got the bad <laughs> ending. <laughs> now everyone's gonna yeah. die." But yeah, yeah, amazing game. Um, How do you guys feel with horror games? Hate I'm not it. very good at them. I hate it, but I'll do <laughs> I, it for the content. I haven't played very many, but I I feel like I I, I would enjoy playing the them. kind of the kind of horror that like scares me. Like I'm fine with jump scares and stuff. The ones that scare me the most are ones where like they chase you and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, what about Outlast, like I, I okay. can't stand Outlast. What about something like Dead by Daylight, where it's like players chasing? I you? I cannot stand God, that. that. I, I love that game. Ooh. I cannot. I like Those watching games. Worse. It's just like because I play I play with friends who I know, and like the moment they're chasing me, if I have to like hurdle over anything, like I literally jump out of my chair. <laughs> I I can't. Like, Josh, have you ever played Deceit at all? No, I haven't. But game, yeah. okay, I've been all I've been you know looking for opinions on it. Um, on the game, the the if it's just like a fun casual, yeah, it is more it is more like casual. It's free, it's casual, and it's like it's definitely softer than like Dead by Daylight. But it's a game that yeah. like breaks up friendships in a sense because the Dude. entire game you're trying to figure out who are the two uh, like infected or monsters, and like everything you just like you just want to blame your friends, like especially if you're infected. So it's just it's the worst and the best <laughs> feeling. Uh, games like like Trouble in Terrace Town, I, I lose interest in games like that where you're trying to figure out who's who. Mm-hmm. Like you just, I I find yeah, mainly because you have that one friend that just shoots everybody, and you're just like, exactly. well, okay. Mm-hmm. I think it, yeah, but, um, well, I mean, it, it, it takes a lot of like, funny. 
I don't know, social structuring. Like, everyone has but to be there, on the same page of how to play There it. was a game that was kind of similar to um, Dead by Daylight. I can't remember. I remember it, like... I think you're probably thinking of last year. Yeah, it was... Potentially. It was, it, it was the game on... Game. Uh, it oh, it's called... Older. There's one called Death... It was Death Garden. Death that Garden. was... That was like a very similar game to Dead by Daylight. There's like one warden type person while everybody just runs around and stuff. But it looked like it had much more interesting movement and mechanics because it's very like modern, like bio mechanical. I don't know. But uh, I just didn't do the best, I think. Like, I just didn't get the most uh, recognition or whatever. Okay. But it looked fun. Yeah. I think those kinds of games, like, I would like to see that genre a bit more. Is like the warden and like ro cops and robbers type of game. Hmm. Yeah, definitely a lot of, I, of games out there. In today's climate, it's hard, it's hard to get a new game out there that'll like do that well, unless For you're sure. like a number one company like or like Riot. Yeah, without it like getting compared to other games, you know, yeah. it, it's hard to have something like that. That's something that's unique. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, sort of. We've pretty much talked about everything but what we have on our topic list so i think we might as well <laughs> utilize josh's esports intellect while he's here so carson Fair you want to bring that. us into our next topic uh so we got either genji's partnering with eastern michigan university or we could talk about the changes to rlcs uh, both are fine can we cover both yeah we're we're like... <laughs> okay it, yeah. so i guess so genji the esports organization partnered with Eastern Michigan University to build an esports program beginning in autumn. It's a multi-year agreement. Resultant program supports academic enrollment goals a lot. With I guess they I guess they have programs for esports and gaming, and they also want to build their esports program. I have not honestly not heard of Eastern Michigan University esports at all. For the most part, their social media either seems dead or small to begin with. Um, I love CU's current support, but I really wish CU could just go out and partner with Genji or anybody else to just yeah drop help drop anything on this. I don't think the full like gaming space support directly from Genji. It's yeah. just that would be amazing if we just got like a random. Yeah, it's kind of a stretch. Like, an, if an organization did something like that, and like they had like a coach or two help teams out, that would be pretty insane. Well, what I see huge results like great results you know of course what i what i'm most curious about with gen g is that you know i've looked into gen g a little bit and they have a history of working with like uh i guess youth or high schools colleges just really pushing money into supporting esports in the education sector um i'm just curious as to as to what their like revenue model is or or how many staff that they really have dedicated to to the the different stuff that they're that they're supporting because um, yeah. it's quite a bit uh it's not just like one college um they're, they're doing different stuff all across the board but where are they located at is it a where? korean organization it's like multinational yeah so than... their headquarters is in i think it's in la and they're originally uh from seoul korea is their like yeah. t uh their tier one league team got it yeah. I'm looking at some of their rosters right now. They actually have like they have an all female yeah. Fortnite roster. They have um Automatic is on their CS roster right now. Yeah, yeah. They have an NACS team. Yeah. Dude, why am I not on that? Okay. 
I don't recognize a ton of the CS roster names, but I think Automatic, Kusta, and Dap. They're all, they're all like well-known players. Yeah. Oh, the, I just looked at it. These are all like. It's the former Cloud9 roster. The one yeah. who would probably be like the least well-known is Som, but like he's a young, upcoming like streamer kid. He's he's like a cloven to Stewie 2K when he was upcoming. So he's pretty well-known too. Just doesn't yeah. he has the least experience? I'd say. So that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize they're that played. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see how that plays out. Their partnership with Eastern yeah. Michigan. It almost. Sure. I don't know if it's exactly this, but it almost feels like maybe the beginning of like an esports like combine, like just getting these yeah. esports college esports players like signed to an org right after, which would just be, yeah, yeah. Imagine, be great. Imagine, wow. Yeah, yeah I do think that moving forward in the future of of the you know how esports is structured from path to pro. I think it would be great for there to be um, some sort of special treatment for collegiate players. Maybe, like you mentioned, a, a combine for top-tier collegiate talent um, so that, you know, the path to pro isn't structured the same as traditional sports. But moving forward, there can be a select group of players who have proven themselves in the collegiate environment and mostly are being picked up for their competitive experience um, in a structured program, which a lot of these like younger talents might not have. I yeah, think like collegiate, definitely. it would be nice if collegiate did have like a direct connection to at least give the the players like a shot at like the pro scene. Or it it like gives them hope, them on the, you know. Put them on the right track, but like I mean, ninety percent of like like getting to pro is just getting your name out there mm -hmm. and then hoping somebody like just scouting. I mean, that's normal sports too. Yeah, yeah. But like, I know that like sports, like physical sports, have um, like you, they definitely have scouts that come to games all the time. Like, if, I think if, like, our organizations were to scout, like, collegiate teams more, I think that would be, like, it, it would give, like, the scene a bit more hope in terms of... Yeah, definitely. I mean, people wouldn't, would play it, I feel like they'd play it more in the hopes of it yeah. at least happening, maybe, I don't know, there's yeah. a slight ray of hope, you know? Like, even, like, at this moment in CS, even being on, like, a collegiate team, like, it almost means, it doesn't mean much, like, towards, like, a career in esports. Like you have to be at the top of collegiate, then you have to go into like IM, MDL, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's kind of a good question to ask. Like, while we have some players here too, like I wonder, because like from my understanding, like just whether it is players or even just graphic design or getting a market, any yeah. any faucet of esports right now, it it feels really solo and individualized. Like you just have to make a name yeah. for yourself. So I wonder, like so far, I mean, like. You know, we have limited power, but we're still trying to grow and do everything we can. But how do you feel like, how do you feel like CU Gaming has supported you versus, you know, before when you were just on an individual? You know, do you think that boosts you or just the col uh, collegiate scene more, as a whole? I definitely mm. get more motivation playing with CU. Like, it gives me more hope that, like, maybe I can make something out of this. Um, rather than like if I like I remember so I'm a sophomore or I'm, I'm coming a junior but I didn't join CU gaming my freshman year and I was just playing games with it like I wanted to get to like like a high point of CS but like I never really had motivation because mm -hmm. it just didn't seem plausible just because I was pretty much playing solo the whole time yeah but like playing with CU and like getting more involved it definitely gives you like an idea of what it takes to get up there yeah I think that yeah. Uh, personally, as a player and kind of as a staff on the esports side, um, I think playing for your university um, 
really yields the benefits that the university like said like is there to provide so um for cu specifically moving forward if we're able to provide more media content and more stuff highlighting player performance and personality i think it'll really provide a big incentive for players to want to play for the university and really enhance their experience as a player um and helping them get to that get to that pro level because without an organization backing them you know, it's their responsibility to put their name out there and build that brand around themselves and their individual brand. Whereas if you're at a university who has a strong uh, staff team behind them, they can really push your name out there and, and you, you know, you have a brand that you can kind of partner with or develop with um, individually. Which is an interesting thing because like big organizations, like across social media, they're constantly present. Like their YouTube channels are huge and they're always mm -hmm. producing stuff. But like universities, you almost never find videos of like modern like content mm -hmm. um like if you look at like i remember i was looking at like old like cu csgo stuff man they were like years ago but mm -hmm. you have nothing on us like i know i said i would work on a montage for our team but i just haven't got a chance to work on it yeah but um like content like that like really helps like i think if all universities were to start doing that it would like really change the scene up it yeah would, that's where go ahead leo uh, i was just gonna say like i was saying before like it would give players more hope of uh, of eventually turning this into something more than just collegiate esports e like you know they wouldn't have the mindset of like oh i'm just doing this you know for fun they would actually think that i maybe i can turn this into something you know maybe mm -hmm. i can actually keep going with this after college who knows uh, i mean with cu gaming i mean i'll just ties into my experience like joining the the siege team was probably i mean it was the greatest thing i've done so far with like you know like gaming such but just because it, it allowed me to meet people and learn more about siege because i've definitely learned so much about the game and i've i've met some you know good teammates it's just i don't know i feel like if the university did give more backing to the uh, esports scene as a whole it would definitely yield uh, a lot better results you know that would you know yeah yeah, yeah. I think cool. that's where the university support really ties in, especially here with Eastern Michigan, is by having Gen G step in and, you know, put money and, and resources into their program. Um, it, it does a lot of those things that we brought up, like getting content out there, pushing out, um, pushing out brand, you know, individual brands for, for some of the players and developing their, uh, their path to pro uh, yeah. kind of realistically. Yeah, like obviously, you still have to earn your way up there, but like now. Yeah, of course. Like in current day, sort of the like the most the the path that just seems kind of plausible or just like one that you can kind of imagine a straightforward path is like basically becoming a streamer and like doing so well um, that like a team notices you and then like then they add you, which is like exactly what I said about that Som kid on Gen G. He mm -hmm. was literally just a streamer. He played amazingly like on his streams, and then they ended up scouting him and then hire, adding him to the roster at this point like that kind of seems like the most i guess like the method that people find the most hope in but like it, there's it's pretty it's a pretty big gamble yeah, yeah. like you're not no, it's such a gamble and it's a risk yeah and i think that's that's probably a, a huge benefit for you know playing with cu gaming is i think it's it's communicated it's known that like the people you're playing with they're they have the same mindset as you and I don't have yeah. necessarily a ton of experience like finding a roster via Discord or just like 
you know, playing like in a like a face it tournament and face you know whatever, and just like yeah, yeah. you know accumulating friend groups and like trying it and like seeing if it works, but having a tangible roster and like people that sign contracts that like like they're in a very good mindset to compete. I yeah, think it's I think really powerful. Important. I think it's really important because something that isn't talked about, or it's hard to find this, but like playing with a competitive team in like a tournament or league almost it kind of gives you that sort of reality check that like there are a lot of kids there are a lot of players that are better than me and if you want to get to the top thought you got to work for it because like if yeah. you don't do that and you just try and grind your way up you're not going to understand that like there's so much there's so many players that are better yeah i think a lot of people that you know they try and pursue a pro career without treating it like a full-time job or like treating it as if they are already in that uh that role as a pro on a on a pro roster so kind of backing like what Josh says there, I think that's a huge aspect. And going off of what Robert said, um, I think that the biggest selling point for a collegiate player going into the pro scene is that they have experience playing with players locally, maybe in an in-person LAN environment, or working with players that they know like on a personal face-to-face -face level, um, which is something that they have to do at the pro level anyways. Uh, it's not very realistic that you're just gonna be playing with people online in an online environment all the time. So I think a lot of these pro teams who've picked up talent from CU or other colleges have definitely looked at their ability to play under pressure like on a stage or in a LAN environment with, with players that they that they know personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. It's good yeah, stuff. I think the LAN experience is unbelievably important. Yeah. It's hard to get it's hard to get that, but like unless you're in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like all online. It's hard it's to pop get off. Like, it's hard to get the lane experience, but it, I think it's... It's, it's worth it. It's like, pretty top tier. To, it's, it's a great experience. When um, the R6 Black team went to uh, the LAN event in uh, Denver... Oh, that looked like so much fun. <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun. I mean, I didn't get to play, so I didn't get to really uh, experience it, but it, it was really cool to see all these, all these different types of players, and the facility was really cool too, but yeah. it definitely was like a reality check to me. I'm like, I'm, I need to get better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I feel like those land events are almost like necessary for players in order for like to, to grow, you know? Yeah. Cause that's how you meet new people. But you meet no you don't just meet them like in the lobby before the games before your game starts. Like you like I don't know, maybe you like might introduce yourself. I don't know. Yeah. It's just something. Being in person just changes the experience in my opinion. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, I just, I, I really, I can't wait to, I don't know, maybe, maybe I will, maybe I won't, but just watch like a podcast like this one day in like the distant future and just be yeah. like, wow, look how far we've come. I mean, yeah. that'd be, that'd be really nice. Yeah. All right. But. Can me, whoever's doing social media for CU Gaming in 10 years, <laughs> clip this, post it on Twitter <laughs> on May 27th and tell me how the esports scene is doing. Tag me. At Robert make it make it, it sound like be, boomers. It could be in the complete dumps for all you know. Who you knows, know, dude? You know, in ten like years VR they'll be or something. they'll be looking at episode seven of the podcast. Yeah, by the end of the year, <laughs> it could be I mean, Robert, I could I can schedule a tweet to go in ten years if you want me to do that. Are you serious? I, I think <laughs> I can schedule a tweet up to go. Let me see how long it goes. Do like a time for. capsule. Sure that would be a. Of, I'm sure there's some sort of online time capsule service uh, uh, cool, where you can like lock. Probably. The furthest I can do is two years, it looks like, to schedule tweets. Okay. I'll be gone anyways. I'll set, like, a reminder on my phone for, like, 
10 years. A decade from now, apparently. Like, Will you have uh, that phone, though? iCloud, but... Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my iCloud is a mess right now. Well, let's, let's, let's move on and talk about the, uh, the Rocket League related. I think that's a yes. topic you can bring us into, right? With the RLCS? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so, you know, a couple weeks ago, about a week and a half ago, there was um, an article released through the Esports Observer um, talking about basically esports organizations demanding change um, to the RLCS. And so, um, let me just pull that up real quick. Uh, basically, orgs like BDS, Endpoint, United, G2, Mouse, NRG, Space Station, some of these big name organizations kind of got together and wrote a, an official letter to the RLCS, the Rocket League Championship Series, um, demanding change in regards to you know, how, when and how they release the schedules, um, overall communication with the, the way the league is structured and the changes that they're making to the league. Um, and then specifically talking about the in-game cosmetic items that the esports teams have as a revenue stream and kind of restructuring players' ability to support the organizations by purchasing the uh, items whenever they would like rather than the traditional rotating store system you see in like Fortnite and other games. Hmm. Wow. The, ro oh, the rotating store thing, I, I don't really agree with that. I, I find it... What do you mean? I mean, I, I, I don't know. You, you agree that there should be a rotating store? No, I like, don't think there should be one. Like, yeah. in most games, like, in, I mean, I can see from, like, a business thing, it's like, oh, wow, the skin that I've been, like, looking for finally popped up. I'm definitely going to buy it now. Um, but, like, it just seems like such an inconvenience. I, I would like to see, like, a report done where they compare the amount of revenue they get from both models, right? Because yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've seen a lot of games where... I mean, I think maybe if you look at like EA and some of their like Star Wars games, there's maybe maybe like that you can purchase the characters whenever you want and stuff like that would be a good example. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I don't think there's a lot of people who are buying items just because they're rare. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to if you like the item or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I don't think that this necessarily applies to the the esports scene inside of that, but I think an example of that can be made today with. Fortnite, I, I somehow my brother was the first one to tell me this, but like a skin that hasn't been released on the item shop since like like 2017, like when it was still in its like very early stages, like it was yeah. like one of the first paid skins came uh -huh. out today, and it's like it's just one of those notorious like skins that people are like oh my god if you had that you're an OG and now it's like out today so now essentially anyone like every anyone yeah. yeah everybody can have it and it's just like there's no more hype for it anymore so. I think just from a business standpoint, you're never going to beat the rotating shop. I think there's a nice yeah. medium in between where you have, like, I, Valorant does okay. Like, you have a longer period. You have a whole week. That might change when they have a lot more skins. And then I think R6, R6 is pretty long-term, right? Well, uh, just in terms uh, of cosmetics. League of cosmetics are just, like, they'll just come out. Yeah, how does League structure it? So League of Legends, forever. They ha the thing is, League of Legends has a lot of content to buy. So like they're 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 okay. not really a shortage, but like they have a lot of skins you can buy for each champ, but there's also a lot of skins that are like called legacy skins where like they're they're not available to buy, but maybe during events you can buy them. Um, yeah. Like Halloween, there's like Halloween and Christmas uh, skins that you can buy during those times, and then there's chests that you can that you unlock. Like so the mm. hex tech chests, you get those random or you get those dropped to you if like you play really well in a game. And then, like, you 
over time you accumulate these things called key fragments, like randomly from playing. And like if you put three key, key fragments together, you can make one key to open up a box. Okay. And like you can get any skin that's like ever existed. Hmm. Like you have you have huh. a chance to get any skin that's existed. You can get a good skin. You can get an awful skin. But like with them, they have a lot of skins that you can that are available for you to buy. And then there's a lot of like good skins that aren't available to you, but you have a chance at getting them at some point. Which I think, I think that's cool. But all yeah. the problem is like League. There, it's it's such an ex- like Riot makes their stuff so expensive. Yeah, yeah, for How sure. How much are skins in uh, League? Good ones, like nowadays, the ones that like look good are about ten to fifteen dollars. Okay, that's kind of like that's pretty yeah. similar to like Siege. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty it's similar. Bad. Um, but like there are just so many skins, and you end up spending so much money. Um, and then they have these uh, ultimate skins. And only like a few, there are only a few of them, but these are like top tier skins that change during the game and stuff. But those are like 30 something dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think every game, like they all just seem to have their own system for purchasing skins. Uh, I mean, if you look at CSGO, for example, it's like you can kind of purchase any skin you want at any time, but you know, the price is, off, is always fluctuating um, because of the way that their marketplace works, um, the Steam marketplace and stuff like that. So. There's, I think there's a lot of like pros and cons to every system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think though, like League of Legends, I think that I find that to be, I personally find it to be the best middle ground where like there are okay. a lot of skins available, but there's also like there are some skins that you have a chance of getting. Yeah. yeah. I think to bring it back around, there's certain things that are like grandfathered in, so to speak, like CS:GO cases. That cases, CS:GO cases are like almost like. It's yeah. a part of CS:GO. Like you can't take cases out of CS:GO. Like it's just too much. It's of just CS developed culture at this too point. much. Even, even though I tell people like not to open them, like I would be mad if they took it away. Like I, I, yeah, I love cases. Mm-hmm. But, and then there's games like I think to bring it back around, like I'm saying to the RLCS situation. Like I think COD actually is doing a great job where they have a rotating store, but the franchise store is somewhat independent of that, so you can always right. buy the team cosmetics. Okay. Whatever you want. That's good. And I yeah, think actually, that's, yeah. Cloud Store is really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I that's the one thing I really liked about Modern Warfare was the the, the actual store itself because it just as it had like all different sections of things. Like they had um, the operators and such. Like that, those skins were there, and then it had guns, and then it had um, just blueprints. And you can each like go into those categories, and then like you said, the franchise is just always there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I feel like that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I think like kind of tying it back into the article it's just that you know for these organizations who are relying on the cosmetic purchasing to be like a a strong revenue stream for them um, especially because if they're investing in a game uh, you know they have options to invest in numerous different esports titles if they're going to invest in one they want to make sure that they're getting uh, as much money out of it as they can or that you know the brand that they're building around these players is actually bringing in money Um, so personally I think that these items should be available at all times for you know for the for the uh, you know the the esports or branded items, yeah, um, and that sort of stuff. Just because some of the situations that they mentioned in the article was you know teams are winning championships or tournaments in the off season or maybe you know for the big uh, the major events and and those items aren't available and people are really interested in buying them. And that's a huge chunk of revenue that they're missing out on. Oh yeah, um, League of Legends. So. Uh, when a team wins worlds, they make um, skins based off like a champion of the player's choosing. 
and they do it based off like oh yeah they, they like that's so the cool they, like, <laughs> super cool right so like there's a ton of skins that are related to different teams like ssg skt all this stuff mm-hmm. um and uh but throughout the year they're usually unavailable to buy until like big major events come around like like tournament events like when worlds comes around all of them are available to buy um when other like big tournaments and lcs um events are around you can buy the skins things like that yeah so they have this thing is they have a lot of content that they can that's why they can do that but like i think that is a cool model mm-hmm. for them to do. siege does not not really something similar to that actually it just has siege just has a bunch of like team organizations and then it just has like one op has it and it's like so like valkyrie will have like cloud nine and then uh visual will have like be it will be team SSG liquid or something yeah and it's just like it, there are a lot of um there's a lot of organizations on there so that's pretty cool but you know you can't really that's it <laughs> you know that's that's, what, that's it with it nothing special yeah yeah for sure well i think you know we've talked a lot about the uh the in-game purchasing stuff um what do you guys think in regards to you know the the bigger issue in my opinion the lack of communication between the organizations um and the company themselves who are running the league um that's been rumored to to affect the the, the talent for casting you know the production um, team as well a lot of these people who are relying on um, the esports industry as a full-time job um what do you think that you know should be expected of them I haven't been following like the connection between that too much from what, I, from what I've heard. I've heard it's like the communication just is lacking where it shouldn't be. Like I, I've I well, we've we've seen this like across the industry. Yeah. I, I think not just talking about it in regards to Rocket League specifically, but across the industry for you know any esports organization. Um, maybe it's from player to uh, you know general manager or um from you know the the organization to the league itself but just that trend of of last second decisions in in communication yeah Yeah, it's definitely a red flag and i think it definitely needs to be addressed it needs to be more straightforward you just i i don't i don't feel like there's room for for just like lapse of communication if you Mm want to be in a professional scene you want to be treated like any other sport that kind of thing yeah yeah, person, I mean, I you got anything to add to that? I mean, I know I haven't really been following Rocket League as much, but uh-huh. if there's this, if there's an issue in Rocket League, is this issue like across all major leagues? Like, of knowing how Overwatch League has just been a burning mess this past season, have they had their own issues? And if so, why are they only really state internally? Because for the most part, from the outside, as a very casual observer that doesn't really follow Rocket League. It seems like everything's going great or fairly good for the most yeah. part. But then you got Overwatch, which is just rolling around on fire. You don't hear a peep from any of the organizations that are involved. I mean, a lot of those organizations put $40 million down for a franchise. And if something's going wrong and they lose that yeah. investment, they would definitely speak up I'm about assuming it. Assuming would speak up about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Josh, do you, uh, you know, I don't know if you've been following some of the. The drama around ESEA, no. um, CSGO related stuff, but um, Actually, I've heard some stuff. But what, what specific? Yeah, so I think tying this into CS a little bit and seeing how it it's been a problem across different genres. Um, there's been a lot of things regarding um, the semi-pro, 
you know, state of, uh, of CSGO and, oh, and how yeah. the, the leagues are in allowing them to reschedule their matches. And they're requiring them, they're, they're making basically customized rules to where they can use, quote unquote, like a, a wild card uh, once a league to reschedule a match. They, they have like literal code names for these different, different abilities that the team is allowed to use. Okay. Um, which is pretty pretty startling to a lot of these semi-pro players, especially guys um, who are who are streaming full time or who are working yeah. or working full time and, and only pursuing a pro career as a part time. Yeah. So like or hobby. About, like, like CS is really the thing that I have the most experience with. Like in CS, the semi-pro scene seems like such a haze. Uh, if you're if you, let's say you're you're like doing really well like before semi-pro, like you just before you even like consider semi-pro. You're like a pretty good player. You're well experienced. You played a lot. Considering like going to see a semi pro, it feels like it already feels like you don't know where to go. Like if you even if you go semi pro, you're not really guaranteed like a position on a pro team. Um, you're they're like a, you don't know like how many players are there that are competing to get those top spots. And I think like people who try and uh, use esports as like a full-time thing it, it's like the gamble just feels too high it's it feels like such a high risk for such a little reward at this point yeah so i and i think that like like esca mm-hmm. even though it's like such a well-known thing like getting to rank s was sort of like a set way to kind of get your name out there which is like the number one rank where all the pros play but like the path there was such a grind and it almost just felt like it wasn't worth it in the end because you didn't even know like if it would mean anything for your career. Yeah, I, I think the biggest controversy when it comes to the league scheduling is that just kind of as you mentioned, there's no guarantee when you're pursuing a pro career. And what the league is, exp- is asking of the players is to basically you know, drop everything they're doing and, and revolve yeah. their entire life around something with no guarantees. Yeah, um, and like if they're not going to be communi- if they're not going to be communicating like what the outcome is for you or what possible outcomes are for you, nobody's going to want to even try anymore. Yeah, so there was actually a roster, uh, I think they were called Bad News Bears, um, just a group of guys going, pursuing a pro career who, who made it all the way to the pro league. They, they qualified through you know every stage of qualifiers that they had to to go pro, and then the league turned around and said, you know what, we're going to do a partnership league with all these esports organizations, and you're cut from that league because you don't have the money to buy in, um, so yeah. they basically did everything they could to to make the league. And then as soon as they they got there, the league kind of cut them out and said, um, you know, we're not going to allow you, and you have to try again. Yeah. You have to go back through the semi pro league and, and get first uh, to make it back like, in. So when I, was that? What year was what year was that? Was this past year? So when Flashpoint really? and ESL Pro League restructured, um, I believe that's when they got cut from making the pro league. And now they're pursuing a, a career in Valorant, all five of those guys, I believe. So I was yeah. looking recently at like what the difference is between NA and EU for CSGO, which is like a big thing for the community. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it is that like the, ta- like the talent is there for NA. It's just that like the way that organizations buy players and put teams together is just not enough to, com- like, to compete with EU. Like there's a lot of individual talent, but like there are aren't enough organizations in NA that are, like, well-known. And, like, the way that they buy players is, like, it's pre- they're, they're mostly pretty expensive buyouts. 
Um, and they, they never really look at like upcoming new players to try out. It's always just, uh, we'll buy this player from this other big team. They just trade. It's just like it's just trading. Constantly. So like nowadays, it, it like pro scene just seems like it's like an exclusive club, which I mean, that's like most pro scenes for things, but it just seems like an exclusive club. And then semi-pro is just like a bunch of people have hope to join that club, but 90% of the time they won't get in. So, yeah, I don't know what the future holds, but I hope it's better than what we have now. I hope so, too. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, and the reason I bring up the, uh, you know, the CSGO related um, stuff is because when you compare the two problems at hand, you know, you look at Rocket League, you look at the lack of communication in a professional scene, and then you look at the expectations that the semi-pro scene is setting, um, it's kind of, you know, they're kind of flip-flopped. I feel like the, the professional scene should be expecting these hard dates and, you know, forcing these, uh, these set times and, and communicating how they're going to structure things, whereas the semi-pro scene is kind of forcing that amongst people who aren't ready for it. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I feel like if you're in the pro scene, you know, whether you're an org or a league, you should really be committing all of your time and effort to making sure that they understand what's going on. They're a part of the conversation. Um, but then anything below that, you have to understand that these guys are doing this as a hobby or a part-time job. As we've seen with like teams at CU and other universities, you know, we don't expect our players to commit out of varsity level. We expect them to do as much as they can. Um, like uh, one player, Carson, who is a player on the black team, he is like his current position in like I guess the ladder of CS:GO is much higher than like ninety nine percent of our players. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, he would put more time to that than our team, which is understandable. Nobody gave him any like hard times about it because you understand that this is sort of like a side hobby for him, like their CU team, mm -hmm. while he's trying to aim for higher. But truth is, like even though he's at that position where we sort of idolize. The position he's in we also know that like it doesn't guarantee him a spot at any like pro team or anything yeah so, it's, so it's a pretty yeah. scary gamble but. yeah the, yeah like i think at the end of the day it's just no structured uh like there's no transition it's just like you're doing this as a hobby and you know you're just trying to work a, work a full-time job and, and play games for fun on the side and be as competitive as you can and then as soon as yeah. you go pro you're, you're jumping straight to pro so, you know, that's, that's the reason that I'll always advocate for esports in, in high school and college is because I feel like it provides a really strong transition of working or being a full-time student and also competing at a high level and also practicing teaches that you. commitment. Also, like, teaches you just, like, just, like the, the customs of, of esports. I don't know, like, you learn about the scene more because I didn't know anything about it before I got, mm -hmm. like, to, to college collegiate esports i didn't know anything and now i kind of know a little bit more yeah yeah i think that like going pro at a young age like you really miss out on the opportunity to develop as an individual learn you know how to go through life on your own and do and you know manage your own health your own mental physical health um and now what we're seeing in these pro professional teams is that they you know they have to hire people just to make sure that you know their laundry is done and they're eating and doing all that sort of stuff, which which it would be nice if if you were, if they had incentives to go play collegiate before going pro. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, think that's all I really had for Rocket League. I just think that like yeah, collegiate. I think it should play a bigger part in upcoming players, like the path up. Because like obviously not everybody goes to college and everybody has that opportunity, but it, it also sometimes feels like that. Um, 
at least for CS, the only way to get to pro is to just grind hard as hell and like make a name for yourself. But I feel like coll collegiate teams should have like a little bit more support from like the esports industry, and like they should be scouting more players from there. Mm. And then like, because like obviously you're not gonna find such insane players that are ready for a pro team, but like they'll they can find players with potential and things like that. Yeah. I've got a really quick question, either for both Josh's and Leonardo. So, what is your opinion about Maryville University and fielding semi-pro and former pro players for their Overwatch team? Because mm -hmm. their Overwatch, half their Overwatch team are either former players of Overwatch before the whole, what do you call it, franchise league? And also, like, mm -hmm. but they have a lot of players that are in their contenders league. And they actually do their own Overwatch team as a collegiate team is competing in their contenders league. Like I know yeah, that's, an ex that's an extreme case considering how Maryville is just off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think and and I believe that they're also um you know they also have a rebranded team either mm -hmm. in contenders or I believe it's contenders if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Um where they have the Maryville collegiate brand and then they have a, a contenders brand as well. Mm -hmm. Um personally, you know, I think that Every year, what we're seeing in the collegiate scene is the skill ceiling, or, or the average skill level, is just increasing exponentially every year. Um, new players are discovering the collegiate scene, and I think a lot of like game developers are really investing money into it. I know, I think Rocket League, out of all of the collegiate scenes, is probably one of the top two or three uh, collegiate scenes that has the biggest prize pool and the most viewership, most funding. Um, everything like that going into it alongside I think League um, and maybe uh, maybe one other. I actually don't know if there's any other fully... R6 is pretty big because I know yeah. Leonardo, Le Le you guys compete in the CR6 League, but then the collegiate... Well, we also compete in uh, CEA. Right, but then there's, there's also another one which is uh, CRSL and they had their finals and they reached the front page of Twitch had 1,500 viewers at their peak. It's absurd. Think yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. It's impressive. Yeah, I think, well, I think what's important, though, for the collegiate scene is, is having more of these leagues that pop up that are supported directly by the game developers. Um, because different than traditional sports, you know, all of these games are legally tied to the people who own the games. Um, and so until, until a game has a collegiate scene that is either partnered with or, or directly, like, developed by you know riot or or blizzard or uh psionics or, or epic games stuff like that i think it's going to be really hard for them to to get the, the the prize pools and and the uh you know the viewership that um that they want the fact that, that yeah the fact that like a company like face it for csgo is helping the collegiate team and hosting leagues and stuff for us like it already helps us a lot mm -hmm. um you know, it'd just be nice that to see Valve start making a similar move and start hosting things, like they like giving more opportunities for people to scout us. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting. Like with you know us wanting like these things from like the the, the main company or you know the game developer, but you would think that they would want to like actively go out to do these things just because it, it it's it's free yeah. publicity. It really is it free is. publicity. Like you have an entire like collegiate scene dedicated to your game like why wouldn't you want to like publicize or why wouldn't you want to support that because if you do support that you're just going to get more players to 
play your game. Yeah. I honestly like if the R six yeah. like collegiate. If I knew more about it in high school, I would have been playing it. You know, I would have been playing it so much more. I would have played it so much more yeah, because yeah. of hopes of entering that league and then getting to the next level. But sure. I, I just think you know, like, like I said, it's free publicity, and I don't know why. Like these companies aren't just hopping on this opportunity. I mean, money shouldn't be an issue. I feel like, you know. Yeah, I feel it's like. Well, I feel like at the end of the yeah, day, from Bell. it matters whether or not they want to pursue it because there needs to be a defined scene with a lot of you know players and teams involved. Universities have to kind of invest in the games before the companies willing, the game developers are willing to do yeah, that. For sure. um, and especially for games like Rocket League and League, where they're putting in 50k, 75k prize pools. They have to calculate, okay, how much viewership are we going to get? What's our revenue stream going to be? And can we invest as much into the prize pool for these players um, and stuff like that? So I think that's a big deciding factor for them. Um, what we've seen with Rocket League specifically is that the reason they get so much viewership is because they're promoting the scene in the game itself. So similar to how, what you'll see in Counter-Strike, where they have the major playing on the home screen of the game, in Rocket League, they have a tab that says, says, like, hey, we're streaming now. They don't specify whether it's collegiate, pro, anything like that. They just always have that up if they're if they're running some sort of competition on their live stream. Yeah. And I think they're just getting, like, thousands and thousands of clicks off the game from that. Oh, which is yeah. a good idea. So I think, I think at the end of the day, you're not going to see viewership at the pro level until, you know, they have it integrated into the game itself. Because... What, what you'll see, especially I know Robert and uh, Carson as, as marketing people for CU, um, always in that conversation of how do you market esports, um, there's really no other way to reach gamers when it comes to the, the, the esports competitions themselves and to put it directly into the game where the gamers can, yeah. well, you just can put it actively face, see like it. Here. Yeah, there's no, like, like, there's just not, they don't use a lot of other social media until Discord has like an ad service, which I don't think we really want anyways. Yeah, um, be like, or like if Discord had like a like a homepage almost, and with like links to Twitch streams maybe of uh, of games yeah. or something like that, that'd be kind of cool. But I'm not too sure how Discord would do that. Yeah, Discord would be a good place for that, just because it's a hub of everything. They changed their like their home. They have somewhat of a home screen. There used to be a page where it would be like just just like the Steam news. Like it would just pull like the RSS feeds for all the game updates and stuff. But it yeah, was also I remember like that. Super nice. irrelevant because you would launch a game and it would just assume you wanted updates on that. So like, even if I just like my brother used my computer and he launched a game, now my entire feed would be that. But yeah. anyways, just to move us along, we've it's a real long quick, podcast. Robert. But go ahead. Yeah, I do. I do want to go back to Carson's question real quick. So I think we overlooked it a little bit. Um, just to answer it, I think that it is definitely okay that pros are playing at the collegiate level. Um, I think, you know, moving forward with collegiate, I would like to see the collegiate uh, scene turn into a semi-pro scene of sorts. Um, like, naturally, I think that's what will happen. And then I think, realistically, if you're playing um, at the collegiate level, it does. I feel like you would be playing pro level if you could. I feel like if, you're, if there's a salary there at the professional level, um, it would make sense for you to play there. And if you think that, hey, I want to get my degree and I, and I have scholarship opportunities at the collegiate level, um, then I think it's totally fine to pursue that as well. I think that conversation of, you know, if you're that good, should you pursue a pro career over going to college? I think that's something that we'll see pop up like 
way more down the line as as people are actually making that decision to to hold off on going pro. Yeah, and I think just going down the pipeline, I think it needs to be just given more attention, just for both for motivation of for players to join organizations, like some of the incentives you were messaging or mentioning, and then at the same time for people to watch those orgs. Like I don't know about you guys, but like maybe if I see like two matches at the top of Twitch between like a professional match between two orgs and like two colleges, I probably want to see what I like perceive as the higher level of play. So I might click on the teams that I recognize. So yeah. I think just overall, I think it needs to be more specified. And then moving on, same thing with like, um, I haven't seen it like so clearly laid out as say like Valorant did, but Valorant really like put out the guidelines for all their tournaments at like high, mid and low tier. And it's setting the prize pools, who can organize it, who can play in it. And it's just like, you know, when you can see the mainstream and the top orgs playing it, like, where where in the space do the collegiate teams lie in tournaments in like viewerships that kind of thing they definitely mm -hmm. lack on the promotion there yeah 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 but we're definitely have this is a long podcast it's going great uh i'm just gonna go ahead and move us on to the next topic while i yes, mentioned valorant i have an idea mm -hmm. so we're gonna talk about valorant which launches next tuesday believe it or not i think that's oh, yeah. crazy personally but that's Since crazy. we've gone on for quite a while, and I know we could go on about Valorant for quite a while, why don't for we sure. go around and give everyone like a thirty to like one minute just hot take on what your thoughts on Valorant, like how you if you think they're ready to launch? There's a new agent, new map coming out. Like, just what what are your overall thoughts after watching the beta, playing in the beta, that kind of thing? We'll start with Carson. I haven't played recently. I played a lot right when it came out. Um, wasn't really the best experience because I was mostly playing solo because I was busy and I couldn't really dedicate like a few hours to play with a team or get people together on the general community server. Um, I felt like it was either I was on a team that was steamrolling basically people that just didn't have hands and were basically mashing their faces in the keyboard <laughs> to being the, the receiving end of an absolute just backhanded slap every single round and like... It, it was there was no in between. I think it only had like one fairly competitive game. Um, I, I don't really know how ready it is. I mean, you guys have probably played a lot more. I'm Sounds like excited. a roller coaster of emotions for you there. Yes, I'm just more excited for a potential CU team. Maybe I don't know. Josh probably has more information on that. Yeah. I think personally, um, like I I find the game fun. I find the abilities fun, but like I I still find CS:GO more fun. Um, the movement. In Valorant, I, it's so slow for me. I can't. I don't really like it because like there are a lot of situations where if you miss that first tap, you're forced to spray, and then I, I this spray feels so awful in my opinion. I can't can't spray. And like in CS, if you miss that shot, like there's enough you can move quick enough to get yourself out of that situation, rather than fully committing. Um, but like. I think if I, I I would like the sprays to be a little bit more consistent to make like gunfights feel a little bit less loved if both of you miss like that first shot. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that I think the game's ready to release. Um, I think it's ready to release. I think that the you know in a lot of people's eyes the game is already released. Uh, so I don't think and I think that's what they wanted right. They wanted this transition of beta keys and hype to go from all right. It's initial hype, you know, people are slowly getting transitioned into the game, and then it's like, okay, almost everyone has it, now they can fully release it. And to me, the release almost seems just like a, like a, a much, like a, an extended patch, per se, where they're adding a new agent, a new map, 
um, some stuff that's really been highly requested. A lot of people have, you know, had complaints about the maps before. Um, I think that honestly, people are being somewhat overcritical of the map design. I hate Haven. I hate Haven. Um, <laughs> I think that they should be critical because that's what's going to push the developers along yeah. to make changes. Um, but I think this new map is going to be really exciting. The new agent, uh, there's not really any information out about him yet. Uh, there's a little bit of leaked like art design, uh, but I don't think there's anything on his abilities. But yeah, um, I'm excited for the release. I'm definitely going to be grinding it. Um, I don't know what I'm going to be competing for CU with, uh, but you know, I got to keep my options open. Oh yeah, quick question: How do you guys feel about the maps? Or if you're, well, if, I'll, I'll answer that after you're done. Though. Sorry. <laughs> I, I no, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, so like I said, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to be doing tryouts for Valorant in the fall, so we're excited to see all the incoming talent there. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have for Valorant. Uh, right. I, I like the maps; I think they're decent. Like, do you have like do you have like specific opinions about different maps? Because like I've heard, I, I find like a lot of people have different preferences. Like personally, I'm not a fan of Haven. Uh, Split grew on me a lot, and I find like I find I have the most fun on Bond. Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's a common. Opinion. I think that's a common opinion. I think that's what most people would say. Like I liked uh, Haven at first; I thought it was my favorite, but then I just ended up hating it. Yeah, I think that there's only three maps, and people are getting burned out pretty quickly. I think if you take kind of a step away from the game and come back, and you're just not playing like the same map four or five times in a row, then I think you're typically going to be satisfied when you're playing. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, my my hot take on it is uh, in the beginning, I had a really not so fun time with the game. I was really not enjoying it at all, just because I I don't play CS:GO ever, so I don't really I don't really get the whole mechanic like gun mechanics. I've been playing Siege so long, so that was a little bit rough. And then I stopped. I came back to Valorant, and now I'm playing with like my buddies, and it's so much fun. I'm I'm actually having a blast playing with my friends. You know, it's just it, I can. It's actually a game like I don't know. I can have like stupid fun. While still being kind of decent, um, the main issue, though, I definitely felt with the game at the moment is the lack of maps, and uh, that I wish, to, not gonna lie, I kind of wish there was more uh, agents. I should say, mm -hmm. I, I just feel the the variability is it's nice that all of them are really you know unique, but I like with Overwatch, you know, there's like so many, and then there's <laughs> Valorant, there's like, and here's like nine. <laughs> How do you um, feel about the balance of the agents? I still feel Raze is still crazy, man. Huh. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie, but this whole uh, the transition into the full game release is going to be very interesting because this is going to be the true test, I think. Because, <laughs> you know, when people play the beta a lot, they get really invested in the beta. And then when, sometimes when it releases, it's just no, no one plays the main game. Like, what happened to Lawbreakers? Obviously, when it's a different situation, but... I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I'm still going to play it, and that's my hot take. When is the release, by the way? June 2nd. Tuesday. 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 Yeah. Mm. People no, were guess... telling me that it was like today. I was like, I don't think that's the case. June no, I think ranked June play 20th. ends tomorrow. Oh, or like, rank. Okay. Or, just, or just anything. Like, the, the game shuts down tomorrow for... The stuff that you unlock from contracts, you, do you get to keep that stuff? No, you don't. So it's you don't get to keep rewards. anything except for the beta rewards, such as like the beta gun buddy, and then like some bands and like... Oh, you get payback cards. So you don't me get grinding. Me grinding for omens like ghost skin. Like yeah, you don't get that. I don't even yeah. get there. I don't know about you, but I didn't even get there yet. Oh, dude, yeah, I, was, I don't even have viper yet, dude. It's I was on crazy. that tier. I was on that tier. I was like about to unlock it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anyone's. <laughs> I want to play cyber. Cyber looks like a lot.
I guess to just wrap it up with my my little bit is I look at it in two perspectives, like playing it a little bit and then just content, like talking about it, watching it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a tough game to watch. I think CSGO is a little bit more straightforward and approachable in terms of watching. I don't know how it's going to do, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. curious to see it, like just what happens to it. Um, the maps, I think this fourth, uh, yeah, fourth map, the map that will come out release, I think will definitely set the tone because right now a lot of people have stopped playing it. Playing it. Yeah, like Summit, I think, is like a relatively big name in regards. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure he still plays it sometimes, but he had a large problem with the map, maps. Yeah. Uh, the War <laughs> Owl, um, he had a problem with the maps. They're very, very basic. There's a lot of videos out there that you can watch. Like, it's almost just like one step forward of Gray Box. Like, the spawns don't make sense, the wall element. <laughs> I saw that I'm video. not set on that. I yeah, saw you saw that. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Where the spawns are just like huge, which doesn't make sense because you don't yeah. play in spawn. Like you're sitting at the wall waiting for that to barrier to go down. But I think they I think Riot Riot is not a company I have experience with because I don't play League, but I think mm-hmm. them more than anyone have the ability to, you know, redeem themselves. And I guess we'll see next yeah. week. Like definitely, a lot of people definitely. with Riot, a lot of people have problems with League because they feel that like the balancing team just isn't putting any effort in. Truth is, like the balancing team is putting in a lot of effort, but in a game like League, it's, it's hard to see. At least well, in also a game so like, many people, so many players. At least in a game like Valorant, you can see like immediate, like pros and cons of things. I and like at this time, Riot's really listening to their players, mm-hmm. and they like they're waiting for all the feedback. Um, yeah. I'm just hoping that yeah, they can yeah. listen. In regards to balancing, um, you know, I saw a little clip from the one of the developers on stream. Um, kind of discusses ideology when it comes to balancing. And he said that he's fairly comfortable with making changes and letting them see how they play out. Um, obviously, you know, he doesn't just throw in huge buffs and nerfs all the time. Um, and, he, and they're obviously very picky about how they develop the characters. But um, he's, you know, he, he's willing to kind of take the risk of getting player feedback and saying like, hey, we're going to make this change um, and we're going to see how it affects, you know, how often people are selecting different agents. Um, as a player, I feel like they're they're all very balanced right now. I don't think I think that there's obviously you know some that are S tier, some that are A tier and B tier and whatnot. I think that's just naturally how the game's gonna flow. Um, I didn't realize Omen like people are ranking him much like lower and lower as like time goes on. He's getting buffs, and I think that the buffs will be pretty substantial Good. to his how 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 often he gets selected. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what what they change with the characters and especially this new agent. You know, they're going to have two new agents eventually. Um, so. Give me new voice lines, please. I'm tired of hearing the same ones over and over again. Dude, Viper's so true. edgy and I can't handle it anymore. Like, <laughs> She's so edgy. If you actually watch a video lines. that says all, like, if to hear all the voice lines, it's actually a lot. I think it's just very scenario-based, and what you're seeing is that you're running into the same scenarios a lot. Like, um, based I do on like that. A lot of like, play that you're at. Like, um, like, when Omen asks for a gun, he's just like, I need this. And it's just like, damn, ask yeah. for it. Um, Sage is like, now I know how annoying my healing is. Yeah, true, it is. You know, things like that. Just give me new ones. <laughs> yeah, or just an but option I do, to turn them off. I do like the fact that they have like a little voice line when you kill someone. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I love Phoenix's like voice lines when he kills people. I, I like Omen. Voice lines. I like the I like reactionary it. element to it. Like it, it actually they need, to, they need to make Omen thicker, honestly. I like Omen players. when he kills, when he gets like a multi-kill. What's his line, Josh? He goes like, oh, God. he's like dead I don't know. I have no idea. I don't get enough. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. 
Shall we wrap it up here and for the interest? I think of so. Time? It was a pretty long. Yeah, I guess it, wow, it's 40. like a long swim before. Do you want to like we talk about the R six clone? Like, should want to just like run through it? <laughs> if you yeah, want why, why don't you do it? Go run. All right. I have no idea what's going on. Basically, game on App Store and Google Store called Area Fifty Two. Not not cool. Um, Ubisoft is suing Apple and Google because they didn't take it down, even though it's a clear, it's clearly a clone. So. Is that and it's really it. Um, then there's a splinter cell op that could be coming from data mining, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Operation Wave. <laughs> don't know when it's. Happening. Why? Why? Why are they suing <laughs> Apple and Google? I feel like for lack of game developer, the game developer just has no money, so they're just going after the people with money. Is that what's? Actually, it's Ubisoft suing, so they definitely have money, but it's just the lack of action on Apple and Google's part. Like, yeah. because there was like a large portion, I guess, of people that literally thought this game, Area Fifty Two, they they thought it was an official mobile R six. They probably okay. just something like the the outbreak mode that came out a long time ago. They probably thought, oh, is this that? You know, because that just, is being rumored still. I just looked up this game, and the first clip I see, like, it looks immediately like R. I haven't yeah. seen it like, yet. I want to look at like, it real quick. One of the players looks like Tachanka. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like it looks like there's breach charge type things. Mm-hmm. What's the game called? Area Fifty Two. Where do you uh, find? Do you send the link of the where you found it? Um, oh yeah. We're running it, on the run show. There's a link to the story. That was that was linked to a story. I couldn't really find a video. Okay. <laughs> or it's Area F Two, I guess. F2. Oh, it's F2. I prefer the Oh. Oh, I thought it was. Okay, well, I yeah, was gonna changes, say nothing is <laughs> showing up. Yeah. Area F2. Like the first cool. clip, literally. Like, look at the operator. Oh my god. It literally what? Chunk at the top. That <laughs> is. Yeah. It looks like oh, an yeah. it looks like an Alpha R6. Does it not? Maybe. Yeah. This is. This is such a ripoff. Dude, they even have the the same Tachanka logo. This yeah, the, his, his logo is just like a, a like a a great value brand version <laughs> of Tachanka's logo. Wow! They, oh actually, my god! I didn't oh. actually see like a lot of this. this is- I mean, it's kind of sick though. Like R six mobile. <laughs> Don't they already have that? Do they? I doubt no, it. Yeah. Why would so. somebody really invest in making a like a? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like, I, I already I, was one. Yeah, like I get this the point of like you, you can't just have a game that's like copying you making money off of microtransactions or whatever but i don't think a mobile game was a huge threat no no definitely not yeah, but it's just no. like you just this is a clear brand this is yeah. such a clear like copy uh, if yeah. you guys get a chance look at the operator screen that's striking to me that's like there's a lot of stances <laughs> on there that are like i see one like right off the bat i see one that looks like monty one that looks like castle it's, one that it's, somewhat looks like pulse is there a guy? Uh, is there an operator named Swamp? Because they got one in, in this game. When when you're dead and you're yeah. spectating no. someone, no, no, no. like it's the oh, same it's exact the... layout. It's like their name, like the gun, and like and the gadgets Wait. that they have. This is this is honestly impressed. Monty Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> Monty's Boulder. Um, mute is now Silence. Smoke is Swamp. Um... I, I can actually like listen to most of these guys because Spitfire, that's just Tachanka. Um, just down to the drone system. There's a drone system. Oh, wait, there's a drone a system. Little, like, you pull out a little phone. Like, it's just. This is the so, exact same thing. I mean, wow. They, they, it's actually hilarious. It. It's gone now. I mean, like, it looks like a pretty. looks like it was pretty well developed. Not gonna Next thing you know, it's going to be a free to play R6 on PC. Yeah. 
I, it will definitely it's gonna they're gonna change the looks of it they're gonna change the name maybe and okay. it'll relaunch so i'm they're gonna have to change a lot of it yeah. even the loading screen for like the ops is the exact same dude check yeah. the corners okay i'm watching this clip this guy's just running all right <laughs> so bad all right, all right. That, thank you for letting me get that off my chest yeah oh, let me That's get funny. something off my chest Company, please make capture cards cheaper. Why are they so expensive? It's true. That's, that's, that's actually the biggest that's issue. Like two hundred dollars. Are you looking no. for like an NPC capture card or an external capture card? Either is honestly either is fine at this point. Probably external though. Probably external. But like, well, like what's Elgato's? Elgato's. Right, like why don't we wrap it up? Why don't we wrap it up? <laughs> We're gonna. Elgato's Josh is gonna get us down a this deep free hole. Elgato promotion here, but uh, yeah. I suppose, Please, shall we start taking us out? Please, yes. Yes, I guess so. So, I guess that's in this episode seven. Again, thanks for Josh Faster for being Exciting. here, being a guest. Our it's first guest. Fun. To both Josh. Also, I've got Josh Sandy Pickle back after his long hiatus. Um, so, going with the usual closing and thanks. Robert also doing the stream. He also does our graphics. Again, you can follow him. Do the Twitch link. That's that's the thing right now. That's what we're promoting. Okay, oh, yeah. so we're gonna go at you. Follow me on Twitch. 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 Uh, Twitch. Thanks to Ben, who uploads the videos on YouTube and edits them down. You can follow him on Twitter at Dragonlord Leda. Our project team is James, Josue, and Clovis, and you can follow Leonardo on TikTok at General Dublin, or is it? Or on Twitch, <laughs> General Dublin. Also on Twitch. Yes. Again, you can I find all of our links. Twitch, Twitter. Yes. It's crazy. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, dude. If you listen to this, bye. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Thanks, gamers. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs)